All right, Mike, here we are. Uh, Super Bowl Eve, Eve. Super Bowl 55, right around the corner. We made it. Let's not underestimate that, by the way. Let's not underestimate That's right. That's right. That's huge. The fact that an NFL season that at the end of the day or at the end of the season, at the end of the year, they didn't go to a bubble. Lots of conversation about a bubble. Lots of conversation about whether or not they can make it to this point. No games were flat out canceled. They were postponed or rescheduled. Uh, the Super Bowl is going to go off on time. I mean, it's a, it's a miracle. It's a medical miracle um, <laughs> that they made it. It's a testament to the league, to the NFL. It's a game, miracle, and I want you to acknowledge it. <laughs> I want you to acknowledge it. You know, it was an according to Hoyle miracle um, that the Super Bowl is going on as scheduled in Tampa. Um, having said that, you know, I, I typically don't uh, get excited about this day when it comes to our profession. Because, Michael, I have never been in the picks. I know you have transformed our Friday show into a gambling show uh, one week at a time. And uh, we and that, I think our, that's over. Our, I think that's a little overstated. I think that's overstated. Our, our, our last My Bet Your Money, uh, we, we will have that later on in the show. Yes, um, we will. I, I, but I, I'm just not a, I'm not a pick. I never like picks. I don't why not? Like why, not? why don't you like picks? picks? Tell me it why. It just doesn't, it, it, does, it doesn't float my boat. It doesn't turn me on. You know, it doesn't. Doesn't get my juices well, going. Like predictions, it's, to me, because it's not about that. I'm into like more of the emotional side of sports. I'm not into being right or wrong um, when it comes to predicting outcome. <laughs> right or wrong? No, no. Right or wrong on on the conversation? That's different. Oh, I, oh, you know that. <laughs> That's different. Okay. All right. But okay, the okay, outcome. Yeah, trying to predict I, the unpredictable. It's just like, eh, who cares? Like, let's I, I said, watch up your line to the people. No, no, that, oh, they we know. Family, they, right? know they know what I'm about. I can do this right yeah, here, right? Chapstick? Yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, it, it, you couldn't you have done what? it five minutes ago? I mean, no. Okay. I tell you one like, time. Sure, be my guest. I could have done it five minutes ago. <laughs> I remember one time, my wife, this is a true story. My wife is watching. She's watching on TV. She said, I love you so much. I love the point. She told you your lips were ashy? She's like, Oh my God! You need some chapstick right now. When did, when did she say put this? Some, like just today? Yesterday? When did she say? Last this? week. Last week. Had you been wearing on. chapstick? Okay, let's all right. Let's park what I was. Let's point the. Let's park the point I was making about the Super Bowl picks, and let's park talk it. about your chapstick struggle. Um, okay. Have you been wearing chapstick lately, or is this the first day you'd remember to put on chapstick, and you just so happen to remember to put on chapstick two minutes? I usually put uh, like. It just, it's just, it's inconsistent. Like, some days you need it. You know what I mean? Some days it's like, no, it's, like it's a dry day. And some days, I'm problem. not really like a, I'm not a consistent chapstick guy. Now, as Me you neither. know. My, lip, my lips are naturally moist. My, I'm, I'm naturally juicy-mouthed. I'm, I'm right. juicy-mouthed juicy already. Like, yeah. I don't need chapstick. I, I, I detest chapstick. Or at least I don't think and, I need chapstick. As you Maybe know, somebody at home is like, say, bro, you do need chapstick. I don't know. But that, no, no, you're good right now. But you know, as you know, as, I as my, my as I LL Cool J lick my lips right now, just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> make sure. I'm not saying I don't need chapstick when I really do. Um, he thought we was playing football. <laughs> he thought he thought it was a real game. But as you know, uh, as my as my skin folk and kin folk, that it's not only chapstick, but you know, this time of year, the winter lotion. You know, you, you know, okay. you need to, to be moisturized. I mean, you just can't. That's not an option. Chapstick might be an option. Lotion is just not 
lack of lotion, that's just not happening. Um, anyway, uh, you were talking about the well, Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So as I was saying, um, I'm just not into making picks. It just, yeah. it just never, you know, like score prediction. I just, you know, because then also too, maybe it's because I just don't like a trying to predict the unpredictable and b being wrong about it. It's like, what's the point of yeah. trying to, you know, whether you're right or wrong, who cares? Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I got, this is my record in picks. Like, who cares? Like, it just, it just doesn't appeal to me. I like the emotional side of it. I just want to know. First question I have for you, and I think I know the answer to it, but then again, I don't always have you um, predict. I, you're unpredictable in your takes. I, I, I think I know you, and then you go a different way. So I'm not going to assume that I know what your answer to the question that I care about, which is who you're rooting for, who you're pulling for. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's all I care about. You're right. Yeah, you know okay. that. Uh, who am I rooting okay. for? I, I am rooting for. I'm rooting for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love this story, and I think I would be rooting for them. Look, Tom Brady makes it even better. It's obvious. Uh, just watching him his entire uh, entire career, being a follower, being an observer, uh, writer, admirer, the whole thing about Tom Brady's career. Uh, that's a bonus. But let's just go back a little bit. You said, Mike, you said, hey, let's not minimize the fact that there, there is a Super Bowl. There's a Super Bowl being played on time in the city that it was supposed to be played in, and nobody really predicted that in September. That We thought there'd be some hiccups along the way, maybe some delays. Hey, maybe they moved the Super Bowl back to almost March. Uh, maybe I, I suggested the it. Makeup hey, games. Look. I thought they would have to do that, yeah. All these things on the table. So Brady makes this game just a no-brainer for me, but let's just go back to who is in the game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were 7-9 last year, are in the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had a quarterback who led the league in passing yards, and Jameis Winston, passing yards and interceptions. Okay, yeah, 30 interceptions, yeah. over 5,000 yards. They're in the Super Bowl. They haven't been in the Super yeah. Bowl since 2002. I mean, there's a lot going on with this franchise. They haven't made the playoffs, hadn't made the playoffs since 2007 when Chris Sims, our brother Chris Sims, White Chocolate, was there at quarterback, helping out, holding it down. So... I just think it's amazing. I love turnaround stories. And they're a great okay. turnaround story. So that alone mm. makes me want to loop right. for Tampa. That's, see, that's what I like. That's the stuff I like. That's the yeah. stuff I like. I like yeah, yeah. the emotion, oh, like who oh, you're pulling too. for and why. Oh, yeah. That's what I get. That's, yeah. So me, and, I'm and on the other look, side. Let me just add to it, though. It's not just. Please. This, this is what makes it. It's even better. It's even better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers historically as a turnaround story. Mm -hmm. If you look at everybody, oh, the, the, the top, let's go with the top three guys in their organization, theoretically. You know, you could, you could pick and say, oh, that's not, he's number five, he's number three. But I'm going to say, for the purposes, so on, Jay, purposes what, of this Jason, conversation. Jason Light, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady? Yeah. Jason Light, job is on the line. Jason mm -hmm. Light, oh, ooh, is he going to yeah. hold on to the job? And we both now go way back with Jason. Full disclosure, we yeah, both go way Jason back Light. with Jason. Yes, yes, yes. Came out of New England. So Jason... Jobs on the line, but now he's got the team to the Super Bowl. Bruce Arians uh, had this whole charade back in Pittsburgh where pretty much he's fired. He got fired from the Steelers, but he had to say he was retiring. Then miraculously, he comes out of retirement. He's on the Colts coaching staff. Chuck Pagano gets ill. Bruce Arians takes over for Pagano, gets the team to the playoffs. 
before they lose to Baltimore. And Baltimore, as I think it was Baltimore's Super Bowl season uh, in 2012, I believe. Then he goes to Arizona as coach of the year. Then he's going to retire again. Jason Light, bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. Too short. Too short. It's a great story. Can't stay away. Finally, there's Thomas Edward Patrick Brady himself uh, at the age of 43. Kicked out the club in New England. Don't ever miss that. Don't ever miss that point. Okay. Say, ooh, he was. He wanted to come back. I just feel it. I, wa- I wanted him back. I'm not saying it to make fun I, I of him. Like embe- I feel like there's some embellishment going on. And I know embellishment sells no, no. books. I feel like there's a little, a tad bit, just a tad bit. I promise I mean, I'm you. sorry. There was just way too much. Brady was sick of Belichick you. and sick of being taken for granted. And, I'm, and listen, far be it for me to question you on your inside knowledge of this organization. But I'll do it anyway. Saying, <laughs> I feel like it me. was... I'm sorry. It just feels like not the farther we've gotten away from it, now as well, you okay. know, they they, they 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 broke up with him. It, felt, it, it was a little more mutual than that, was it not? It was not mutual. He wanted to come back. And it, this is a beautiful part. This is why I'm rooting for him. I, I know, I know. But well, then he was crazy. So he wanted to go back and not throw to a tight end. He wanted to go back and not throw to those wide receivers. He wanted to go back and still fight. be miserable with the, with the significant other that took it for granted. That's what you're saying? That's all, that's all he knew. That's all he knew was the New England okay. Patriots. That was his way okay. of doing business. So that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm happy for him, not just because he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but I'm happy because I, I take football out of it. And I'm telling you, Tom Brady has got a word for somebody out there today in the audience. You think that your present condition is the best that you can do, that you've had success here, and you can't go out. The world is flat. You can't go out there and find success. Tom Brady, they wouldn't give him the contract extension that he wanted. They start bringing up his age like seven years ago. Oh, how much time you got left, all this stuff. He asked for a a, a modest two-year contract. They wouldn't give it to him. He went to Tampa, played a completely different offense, had 40 touchdown passes, which is five times as many touchdown passes as as Cam Newton. No, we're in agreement there. I'm talking about the fact that last year there was no secret that he was done. It was the worst-kept secret in the league that he was leaving when the year was over. Everybody knew that he was leaving New England. So you're right. Maybe there was some steps along the way where he wanted to make it work, and they didn't meet him in the middle. But there was plenty of time. Like it was hit, like he left as a free agent. Free means yes. you can come back, but not on your own. I mean, did they tell him straight up, we don't want you here? Or did they not do what was necessary to make him feel welcome back? And I think there's a subtle okay. yet significant difference. Did they say, nah, player? No. You're done you're here. About there is no room at the end for personal. you. Is that what they told him? Okay. Since we're talking about relationships, I'm going to make this personal. Uh, someone. I love very much, you know this, um, and I love your family, I love your wife. So let's talk about your wife, Sarah, the great Sarah Smith. Did Sarah Smith, when, when you guys were dating, did Sarah Smith say, hey, Michael Smith, I, I, I want you to be my boyfriend, and uh, oh, you know, we can have a great uh, life together? Or did you just know that, hey, the game has changed, and I'm, I'm either going to have to commit to this woman or I'm going to have to do something else. Did you know? Did she, did she verbalize it that way? Uh, God told me you're going to be my husband? No. Did she say that to you? Or you just know? Not in those words, but I, and like she's probably watching now, and I may have to answer for this later, but I keep it a buck all the time. 
and, I, and this is about. no exception. Um, when we were, we dated for about three years, and we were living in sin. Um, and there oh, were plenty of nights where she just asked me, like, she was like, I what are we doing? Okay, fine. She was like, well, what are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, she basically told me to poop or get off the pot. I mean, it, oh, trust me, that conversation, we had that conversation a lot. Okay, like, I'm, we had it a lot. And what was interesting is one day I wasn't ready, and the next day I just was. So I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, and I don't want to say yep. too much more because she might bust up in this room any minute. You know, don't let don't let that smile fool you. She might bust up in this room any minute and yank oh, my hey, mic. Oh, listen, off. I know, I know what. But it, no, I, I mean, it was it, no. It, there was some ultimatums <laughs> given. You know, at various awesome. points, like, hey, look at that. It was she some ultimatum. Messing with the feed right now. Yeah, like that's why my that's that's part of my camera on work half the time. She's probably out there messing with wires and whatnot. No, she was just like, no, like, what are we doing? What are we? Oh, trust me, every man has had that conversation at some point. Okay, no. that's right. But anyway, so, so what happened. does it have to do with Tom Brady and the Patriots? That, so like, that's what, what happened. We getting that here. That's what happened. Okay. It sounded like they said, hey, Tom, uh, you've had a great career in New England. Uh, we think it's time for you to do something else. But, Mike, well, you're Tom Brady. Okay. You're the great. Everybody's saying he's gotcha. the GOAT. Everybody keeps mm -hmm. calling him that. And here's a guy who has laid – he is a – I'm not going to say he's the reason – I'd say he's a cornerstone. He's a cornerstone in New England. Sure. And if this guy who has gotten you to so many, who has helped you achieve so many things, not, not only that, achieved so many things on the field, but helped you set policy for mm -hmm. what a Patriot is going to be. What, 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 what are we going to be about as a franchise? He, has, he has authored the Patriot way. The Patriot way is synonymous with Tom Brady, as Danny Amendola articulated this week. Yeah. That's right. He said it. He enforced it. He was a part of that mm -hmm. original group. He embodied it. So yes. if that guy He's has a founding to for a contract, beg. they're already telling him what they want him to do. They okay, that's him. fair. That's fair. Okay, really? that's fair. I, I, we, but I'm happy uh, for him. Understood. Understood. I'm happy for him. All I'll say is I pivot to what I'm rooting for. All I'll say to that is... Let's not act like he didn't make out better. You spoke, you talked about that word. If he wanted to go back, I'm so, be thankful. Sometimes it's the best thing that ever happened to you when somebody breaks up with you. So if, if they broke up with him, he should be thankful. And I, I mean, I don't know why, objectively speaking, playing in Tampa with those receivers and that defense and that head coach wasn't a, wasn't a, a come up from what he supposedly wanted to go back to. But all right, enough about Tom Brady. And let me say that again. Enough about Tom Brady. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Here's why I'm rooting for the Chiefs. And I don't want this to be Tell misconstrued me as me rooting against Tom Brady. See, typically, no, I'm, I'm, it that way at all. typically I'm neutral. Typically I'm neutral come Super Bowl time. Very rarely have I had a rooting interest in the game. With the exception of the Saints... Uh, from the 09 season, 2010 Super Bowl against the Colts. I was a Saints Very fan rarely have I gone. Yeah, who was I it? Love that. Right? I love Very rarely that. have I gone into a, a Super Bowl with a rooting interest. And not to mention, Michael, this is even a new, this is new territory for both you and I, uh, you and me, because we came up old school. We're not old, but we old school. And we weren't allowed, even when I broke into the business, we weren't allowed to have to, to root. That's a relatively new phenomenon when yeah. so-called journalists and media members could talk about who they were pulling for. Like, no, we were supposed to be neutral, unbiased in our, in our reporting, right? 
So this is new. Which is but the, usually going into a game, very rarely has it been a situation where I'm like, oh, I'm pulling for that team over that team. Now, there might be certain teams that I did not want to win, or there may be certain stories that I preferred, you know, whether it was, um, you know, Philadelphia getting its first Super Bowl title. Certainly preferred that. Uh, when it was Atlanta, New England, I was rooting for the resistance. <laughs> so I was rooting for the Falcons <laughs> in that game. Um, yeah. But, I mean, even Super Bowl 36, man, I mean, we were both working at the Boston Globe, and I was rooting for, we were both rooting for the underdog Patriots, and certainly right, had it out side. that way, right? Yep. Yeah. Great moment. So anyway, I am pulling for, this is not about who I, 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 not about wanting to see the Patriots lose, because I think they're both great stories, whoever wins. That's the beauty of this matchup. But my preference is Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I am pulling for the birth of a new dynasty. Uh, I am pulling for Patrick Mahomes to add to his growing GOAT resume. Let's go back to the legacy conversation that's been floating around this whole week, right? Let's go back to just the idea of who's got more at stake between the established GOAT and the GOAT in the making. If Brady gets seven, then he just adds to... Him, I mean, how much more goatee can Brady be? Like he's all, I mean, How much more of a Billy Goat gruff can he be? Like he's already got that. He got that. For my purposes, what's a better story, a more interesting story, a more interesting conversation, not just now, but in the weeks and years to come, is if Mahomes can gain on the GOAT. It's going to be real hard to do that if he loses one to the GOAT. If this is if this is if this is Jordan versus LeBron, shall we say, if right. this is the equivalent of Jordan and LeBron playing in the Super Bowl, right? Like, what's fun about the Jordan LeBron debate has always been LeBron slowly but surely gaining on Jordan, and even yeah. making the people like you and me who never thought he could even approach Jordan have to rethink that. I'm right. rooting for Patrick Mahomes to. And to make the conversation a little more complicated one year at a time. He's got a long way to go. And it may be impossible to do what Brady has done. Well, but I, go but to I 10 think that's why, and win six or that's seven. That's why I'm not tripping about but it. But he's got to start somewhere. Huh? That's why, I'm, that's why I'm not tripping about it because he's got so much time. And so if Brady and the, and the Buccaneers win this game, yeah, let's, say it's a, let's say it's an entertaining game. There's, there's time, but there's also space. If, if, however, it plays out, Michael. Let me. I'm, I'm cutting you off, but like, if if, yeah, if Brady's got six and Mahomes has one, and then Brady has seven, yeah, he's got time, but that's just that's right. just more ground to gain, isn't it? Yeah, but let's say we get one of these entertaining Super Bowls, a, a Super Bowl we've never had before. We've never had one of these like college football triple overtime type scores. It's like fifty to forty-eight. You know, 55, 52. Brady's like, been in some shootouts now. <laughs> we've, been but close. we've never had one. He's been close. What's, our, 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 yeah. what's the most shootout of Super Bowls? Was it uh, Patriots Falcons? And, Patriots and that, Eagles and that didn't even is up feel there. Like it, that was unbalanced, yeah. though, because because the yeah. Falcons hit first and they kept hitting. Then the Patriots yeah. came back unanswered and it went yeah. to overtime. Yeah. I'm talking about, oh, you got it. Oh, I got it. You got it. You got it. And Patriots you just know whoever gets the ball last. Yeah. So if it comes yeah. down to one of those games and the Buccaneers win on a field goal as time expires and 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 Brady wins it, it's not like Mahomes has been diminished. No, so Brady no, wins it no. at, at 43. Mahomes still at 25. He may say to Brady, man, you got like two, three years left. 
I theoretically have 15. So you got no, this one. That would be like saying... That would be like saying, going back to LeBron and Jordan, that'd be like saying that LeBron had no chance, and, and some people did, and they're eating those words. That'd be like saying LeBron had no chance in the GOAT conversation because of what happened uh, against Dallas in 2011, 2010-2011 season. Like, oh, he's got no chance. Which He'll never decade, be which GOAT. Which is a decade ago. Amazing. A decade Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So imagine having a, imagine, imagine writing somebody's legacy. We're so in the legacy. moment, aren't we? We're so yeah, in the Always. Moment. Always. See, always. Oh, God. It's, it must be frustrating to listen to. It's a, that's why but, it's not but, a big deal. If well, lose, but, the Holmes loses. No, no, no. But I think career. I think there's a I think there's a middle ground for us here. I think that I think you see yeah. that purple line in between us. I think there's a little space for for something like, because it's like, look, if I, it's not going to necessarily diminish Patrick Mahomes, it just makes it that much harder to catch Brady. If the dude's got seven, it's already hard enough to get to six. Nobody else has got four. I mean, Mahomes is making it look like it's going to be his birthright. We talked about the landscape of the AFC. There's no guarantees that Mahomes. Look at ask ask Aaron Rodgers about guarantees. You know, there's no there's no guarantee that Mahomes is going to be here year in and year out the way that Brady has. And if Brady gets a seventh, it's just like it's just a, a much higher hill to climb for Mahomes. So, no, it won't be like, oh, I'm sorry, Mahomes, you're canceled. Sorry, you got no chance of ever being the greatest. No, but your chances just got a little bit closer to none from Slim. And that's just a testament as to how impossible what Tom Brady has done. You were talking about Tampa. I mean, just let's not forget, when he signed with Tampa, we all knew that it was a home Super Bowl, or would be a home Super Bowl in your home stadium. Right. Just the fact that he actually, that actually came to fruition. Like, it was like, oh, man, wouldn't that be cool? But, like... That's kind of far-fetched. Well, not when you're dealing with 12. Yeah. This is not supposed <laughs> you know, to happen. Like, this actually, happen. it's not. It's not. See, the, what a charmed what life. What he did, what, what the Buccaneers did, I know we're late. I'm, I'll say this. Uh, what what the Buccaneers did. What's that? Uh, all the all three, that three off, off at five. five. I, I like, we ain't never late. We ain't I never like behind. you thinking. What you sipping on, by the way? What you sipping on? Oh, not Coffee. Yet. Same as every not day. Yet. Okay. You ain't got that good stuff in there yet? Mm. We'll get to that later. But that's for our, I'll wait for our guests. Yeah, that's for our guests. Okay. Um, but no, I, I think what, what he did, what they did, because I don't want to keep saying it's Brady, it's the whole team. And I, I, I yeah. do give him credit for that. And I give uh, everybody in a position of, of leadership, the Buccaneers, their captains, I give them all credit. Because what generally when a great player goes to a team, let's say the greatest player goes to a team in any sport, we start talking about championships. In the NBA, it's almost like a given. LeBron goes somewhere, Kevin Durant goes somewhere, we start talking about championships. But in football, that doesn't just happen in football. Okay, you get the best player. Oh, they're supposed to go to the Super Bowl and win it? It's just too hard to do that in football. It's easier in basketball. It's hard to do that in baseball. Maybe ho hockey and basketball, I, I would say, you can have that conversation where you've got the, the best player in the game is going to vault mm. you to... Yeah, and I'm saying, in hockey, I'm, I'm, yeah, hockey, I'm on the fence. Well, I'm on the fence. I don't know about hockey. I don't hockey. know about hockey. <laughs> uh, but with basketball, I'm sure of it. But football, Tom Brady, at 43 years old, goes to Tampa Bay, and they're just, they're just in the Super Bowl. I know we talked about it, but it was... And not just in it. Not just in it. It was it's winning road we games. We didn't talk about it like there. it was improbable. It is. 
It's a problem. It's not, it's not just in it. It's winning road games to get there. If you want to talk about taking a long road home, they didn't just, they, it ain't like he done it. it. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where they're like, yo, this Brady, this Brady Bruce thing ain't working out. They might want to reconsider this relationship. I mean, <laughs> how quickly things change. Let's go to break. Yeah, man. Speaking there. of LeBron, he, he has some calls. He's got takes. LeBron's got takes. On another, so we'll, we'll save the, we'll save the official pick. I guess you'll force me to pick the game. I told you what I'm pulling for. I'm good either way, but I guess I'll make a pick. Maybe even pick some prop, pop, some prop bets. Maybe I'll get it on the app. Me too. Um, I have zero energy. Um, and zero excitement about an all-star game this year. Um, you know, I, I don't even understand why we're having an all-star game. Um, but it's the agreement that the Players Association and the league came about. Um, you know, short off season for, for myself and my teammates was 71 days. And then coming to the season, um, you know, we were told that we were not having an all-star game. So we had a, a nice little break, um, you know, five days from the 5th through the 10th, you know, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season, my teammates as well, some of the guys in the league, and then they, they throw an all-star game on us like this and, and just breaks that all the way up. So um, pretty much it kind of a slap in the face. Um, and, you know, we're also still dealing with a, with a pandemic. We're still de dealing with everything that's been going on. And we're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open. Um, so... You know, obviously, um, the pandemic has absolutely nothing to do with it at this point um, when it comes to that weekend. Um, so, um, obviously, you guys can see I'm not very happy about it, but it's out of my hands. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be there if I'm selected. Um, but um, I'll be there physically, but not mentally. Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. Right. Yeah, that was on his heart, wasn't it? A man looking straight ahead. Say it with just, your chest. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, he was all into it. Now, there's one thing. Now, look, I agree with him. Obviously, you look at my feed there and say uh, his triple double, which we'll talk about in a second, and his elite logic. It is elite logic. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to have an all star game in a season like this. What you should have is like an all star celebration via Zoom, like you had with the uh, you know Democratic National Convention uh, via Zoom. Uh, you had with the inauguration via Zoom. Okay, a big event. You know, celebrate your league. Uh, have, have, have Chuck and Kenny and Shaq and Ernie and everybody involved and all the stuff you do. You're not going to actually have any events. But, you know, just have a league celebration. Name some all-star teams and, uh, and then keep it moving. So I, I, don't, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to have an all-star game. But what I am confused about, Mike, is, and I, I think we got to go back, I know Chris Paul and LeBron are tight. Yeah. Chris Paul, the president. <laughs> you think the they'd conversed about this? Yeah. Yes. So that's your boy. Uh, yeah. He's the president of the Players Association. You're yeah. saying they dropped it on us. Well, they didn't quite drop it on you because it was negotiated. So yeah. let's talk about. I mean, I, I agree. I agree with the overall point. We don't need it. But I'm. I'm. I want to know more about the mechanics. Did. Yeah. Did you say anything at the time? Did. Um, was there any pushback at the time to kind of... Right. Are y'all on the same page? What's going in, on? In terms of, in terms of a, a membership. So you said it doesn't make sense. Ain't got to make sense. It makes dollars. And you got to consider the source here. 
LeBron's tired. An all-star game clearly doesn't mean much to him. Um, he's been there and done that, gotten a t-shirt. Now, I'm also aware that De'Aaron Fox, to whom an all-star game or an all-star selection would or should mean everything, said it's stupid. So it's not just about an old guy who, you know, is, doesn't have time for an all-star game, looking forward to the break, saying this. This is like a lot of people are, are ripping this. Right. But I'll ask a simple question. They play this game March 7th in Atlanta on TNT. You watching? March 7th. Uh, probably not. You know, Go check your calendar. No, probably not. I'm just trying to think where, where we are now. Right. February. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe much maybe you're not watching. Maybe you're not watching. But people are going to watch. You're going to watch? for the same reason that they, that they started the season when they did. Remember, they didn't want to start the season when they did. But they end up acquiescing. They had to. Because there's, See, they there's had money involved. Exactly. There's money involved. You're right. This is an exhibition. They don't have to do this. There's been 24, 25 games canceled already. They don't have a second half schedule yet. I get all the criticism around this, and it's correct. But this is one, Michael, where I'm not going to force myself on one side or the other for the purpose of debate, to embrace debate. I see both sides of this. I also see this from a league, and by league, I mean NBA and Players Association perspective. That's money in both their pockets. Like, they got to get this money at the end of the day. And it might, it, might, it might be under the guise of donating some of it to HBCUs, which they could just write that check on their own time if they wanted to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, this is a showcase event for the league, and I get the desire to pull it off safely. Look, they're not going to they're well, not gonna the put anybody—they're not going to put anybody—they're going to take every precaution to play this game. The issue is the optics. The optics. Not just of your, friend, your marquee player. Your marquee player— it's, it's one thing for De'Aaron Fox to say, I don't get it. For LeBron James, and that's Vinny Goodwill's article on Yahoo, which was great as usual. We'll talk to Vinny about it later. Um, for LeBron James to come out and, and rip this, it's not a good look. It's not a good okay, look he, for, the he, most progressive, you know for the most progressive league, Michael. The, 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 for the league that often takes the lead to be chasing money, it's just not a good look. In, yes, in the midst is. of a pandemic. It's just not, yes, a, it's it not a good, good look, look for them. It's a good look. For them to be I, playing this game this. is not a good look. Okay. But I get but playing I understand. The game. I understand. All right. Playing, playing the game. Okay, how about this? Playing the game, capital G, all-star game, um, is a bad look. Playing the game is something I appreciate, though. And that's the financial game. Like, you know what I, I you know what I like about the NBA? The NBA and Adam Silver has been so upfront with this, and I'm glad that he's not insulting the intelligence of basketball fans. They clearly need the money. They'll say we need the look how much they money. Look how much they're losing. This is why. This is why they talk about having a season. This is why they started on Christmas. Money. This yes. is why Adam Silver. He said. He's considering expansion. Does the NBA need to expand? Absolutely not. But expansion means expansion fees, and that's money that they can recoup. So I, I appreciate that they have never said, this is not about money. This is about the tech. No, 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 it's not. It's about money. And I think right. we all have to acknowledge it, and I'm okay with that.
Because that's, yes. that's real life. The, but the reason why I say it's a bad look is because, like, what would Dr. Fauci say? What would Dr. Fauci, would he sign He'd off say, on, don't a, do it. On, an exhi- on an exhibition? It's an exhibition say, game. Don't do it. And it's, and it's in, a, in a truncated season when there's already enough chaos around COVID as it is. On the one hand, this is why I, I, I guess sometimes, Michael, both sides can be right. Both sides are right in this matter. LeBron's right to be frustrated. De'Aaron Fox is right to be frustrated. People are right to look at the NBA and be like, come on, man, y'all supposed to be progressive. Y'all supposed to get it. Adam Silver, you're supposed to get it. You're supposed to be like the NFL, these other people. Like, you're supposed to lead the way on this. Y'all were the first league to shut it down, let's go home. When Rudy Gobert, but shutting it, COVID. but shutting it. Y'all down went to the bubble. No, no, no. I'm just talking about the NBA. Home. I'm talking about the NBA as a the NBA know, as a brand. Usually doesn't. Usually, again, takes the lead and sets the example on this. And for them to be playing an exhibition game, a meaningless exhibition game in the midst of a pandemic, or one night in and out, in and out, just like a robbery, like one night in and out event, just seems yeah. like, come on, guys, really? Are we really doing this? And I'm with you. The answer is yes. They're losing too much money to pass yeah, on an opportunity to safely get this money on TNT with the, the best all-star game in sports. It is the best all-star game. They're not gonna, it's not gonna be all-star weekend as we are accustomed to. It's like, look, come play this game, put this made for TV event on, y'all, and go home. You'll be safer here under these protocols than you would be going wherever you're trying to go or whatever, or whatever you're trying to hang out with over this break. So I get the frustration on the part of the players who need that break, who don't feel like being bothered with an all-star game coming off the bubble experience and in the midst of a pandemic. But I for damn sure understand that this is about making dollars as much as it ma- as much as about making sense. I get both sides. Yeah. Of it. So bottom I, I line like, is going, well, they're going to play it, whether you like it or not. Well, this is what it. I like about, like I told you, I like Adam Silver acknowledging the, the the financial aspect of it. Let's not let's not run away from it. Let's let's not talk about something over here when the real issue is money. And, that, and that's the issue for a lot of businesses. It's an issue. For, it, that's an issue for small businesses right now. Many, uh, many of which are struggling to survive. It's the issue for major corporations, which is just trying to figure out. Okay, uh, we were due uh, millions and millions of dollars. How do we? How do we uh, put out a product where we don't lose it all? Like we can get a fraction of it. A fraction is better than nothing. I understand that, but I think what the NBA needs to do. Is find other ways, find other times to recoup that money. Mm-hmm. This one day, I know you're going to lose money. You're going to lose something by not having an all-star game in Atlanta if they didn't have one. Got it. But you've already thought of other ways to get money. You already talked about expansion. And, and, and as sad as it is and as sorry as it is, I mean, you've got too many teams already. You've got 30 teams. And, and, and I, you know, Mike, I grew up... I grew up with 23. I remember it was 23 NBA teams. So that was just, that was my era. 23 teams. Now you got, you add seven more, and that's already thinned out the product a little bit. Now you're going to add, what, four more? I get it. You're doing it for the money. Maybe you need to do things like that. That's safer. Adding four unnecessary teams is better for your bottom line and safer than it is one game, one night, not in Miami, one night in Atlanta. Yeah, safety. Safety is not. I, 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 safety is not. Big a, deal. Seem to feel like a concern. I, no, I, this, this is going to so? be safe. Not not for this event. Not for this event. No, no. It's not, it, again, they're not going to parties. They're not. Hold, it's not All Star Weekend as we've come to know it. It ain't, go, it ain't the Black Super Bowl going on. Like they're not going to have parties all over Atlanta. Or at least not sanctioned parties all over Atlanta. Okay. Now, 
right. we just saw with the yes, Chiefs. Somebody can get a, somebody can get a haircut. You know, and, and and next thing you know, I mean, COVID, COVID oh, don't know. care about you, your comfort or your you convenience. Said, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you said you said appropriately, it's a black Super Bowl, black family reunion, right? Yes. You said somebody could get a haircut. No, 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 no. Somebody. No, no, don't no. Get I, a I'm talking about COVID. You <laughs> could get COVID from that. But while you're but while you're on break, but while you're on break, you could also be exposed to it. I, I guess. I understand the frustration. This, this, this is my first. I don't usually do both sides ism. Let's both sides. Got to look at both sides. That's about. It's a bottom line here, man. And I get it. I get it. As long as it's safe, I get. If there's an opportunity to make this money, I get why the league wants to do it. What they need to do is get LeBron on, at least on board, because what you can't have is him trashing it from now until then. I do want to go to LeBron on the court because last night. Uh, another milestone. Uh, he Ooh. passed Wilt the Stilt in field goals Wilt. made for his career. He passed the Big Dipper in field goals made in his career, uh, bringing his career total to 1,200, excuse me, 12,691, I beg your pardon. 12,691, good for third all time uh, behind Kareem and Karl Malone uh, in field goals made in a triple double in a win over the Nuggets. Um, I want you to do, I want I you to do to, this, by the way, Mike, Mike, when, yeah. uh, and I, I don't know if Mason, I, I don't know how old school you go with Mason on basketball players. I know he's a, he's a serious baller, but if you really want to have him appreciate Will Chamberlain, don't talk to him about the 100 point game. Don't talk to him about averaging 50 that season or his assist game. Just to, just to show you how strong he was. Cause you know, Bill Russell once said, this is a humble brag. Bill Russell once told me, wait, wait. Uh, but Bill Russell just told me straight up. He told no. me, um, there it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm listening. Right. <laughs> uh, Bill Russell once told me that he watched Shaq courtside. Russell, talking about himself. I watched Shaq. I've seen Shaq dominate. He said, I'm telling you, it's hard for you to imagine Will Chamberlain was stronger than Shaq. Yeah. He said, just, he was a beast. But if you understand, One of the just to understand. Athletes. Yeah, to understand his strength, do this without a basketball because this is one of the shots that Wilt used to do. Wilt used to take he he take the ball. He had the ball here, so his back is facing the basket. Say Bill Russell's leaning on him, back's facing the basket. He take the ball and he flick it, just like take it behind and flick it into the basket. If you just mm-hmm. do that with your arm without a basketball and you do that five or six times. You're going to start feeling it in your shoulder. What a, I mean, what a weapon. And for anybody, don't tell on yourself, if you say something crazy, like, yeah, Bill Russell, I mean, uh, uh, Wilt Chamberlain could average 50 or score all those points because he played in the 60s, he gets shut down now. You're mistaken. You are mistaken. This so, was an incredible, an incredible athlete, a giant. So one day, uh, one day, in the not-too-distant future, maybe we live long enough to see it, um, we will look back, I think, and we will talk about the exploits of LeBron James in the same way. We mm-hmm. will, we, there will be a Paul Bunyan-esque narrative attached to what an amazing athlete he was in a time full of, in a league full of great athletes. LeBron James, the king, continues to stand above them. I want to go back to... The conversation we were having earlier this week, where you see, I, I'm not sure, Michael, respectfully, I'll say this. 
I, I wasn't sure if you actually believed what you were saying, which I appreciate because we're, you're working through it. I appreciate you yes. workshopping it and unpacking it and, and breaking it down and, and figuring yeah. it out on the fly, you know, as, as, as LeBron reaches greater and greater heights. Earlier this week, you felt like LeBron had passed Jordan for you. And I don't mean, I don't mean to yeah. continue to reduce every LeBron accomplishment to a LeBron v. Jordan discussion. Right. I don't. I don't. But, I mean, that's just where he is right now. There's, no, there's nothing else for him. There's no other mountain for him to really climb. You know, he, he's, he, he's in rarefied air. When you get to it, there's no, there's no chart for him to move up. It's just he's at a, a very small, exclusive VIP section. Um, that's just him and maybe one or two other people. If he ends up, like, look, if he ends up with a, an endless prime, and if he ends up challenging, I mean, in career points, Michael, uh, he is third all-time in, in career points. Uh, he has another, he's got to score another 4,000 or so, 3,500, rough math, 3,500 points right. to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If he ends up being the all-time leading scorer, right? Okay. If he ends up in the top, I mean, right now he's eighth in assists. I, he's got a long way to go to catch Stockton. But if he ends up in the stock in, in the Jason Kidd, Steve, in the Jason Kidd area, he needs about three thousand more assists. So let, let's say, let's say conservatively, let's say he ends up between Kidd and Nash. Kids at 12,091, Nash is at 10,335. Let's say he ends up number three all time in assists. So he ends up with, I'll give him another championship. Five championships, at least. Right. Five championships. Give him this year's, why not? Five championships, uh, all time leading scorer, third all time in yeah. assists, conservative. Yeah. I mean, and you start to really not, look at right. the totality of his resume because he was, he was, at one point, he was chasing a ghost. What was unfair to LeBron at one point is he, he said was chasing it. He, he somebody who was done. Way. Exactly. He was chasing That's somebody whose legacy was complete. Mm -hmm. Now, LeBron has this advantage because all he's doing is adding the hit. Night in and night out, he is adding to his argument. And so... I think, Michael, what you experienced early this week, and last night just gave me a reason to, to bring it up again, I think there are more and more people who are going to be having those same conversations, maybe not in front of people, those same kind of internal <laughs> dialogues of like, wait right. a second, like, wait, this feels weird. Like, I, 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 right. I, I, I got to give it to him. I, 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 can't, I can't deny it any longer. You know, I, I mean, frankly, I copped out. Frankly, I took the easy way out, if I may say so. I mean, I liked the way I phrased it. I was, I, was, I was proud of the way I phrased it. But I was just like, yeah, It was great sure, phrasing. Both of them. But both made, of them. It was I great easy, phrasing. I know, I whatever. But it was more <laughs> But you complicated it, too. You had great phrasing, and then you said, but wait a minute. Then you, you sent us down a different path. You're like, Prince or Stevie Wonder. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying. Like, I just, I, I basically like, just, but that's the easy way. You start going through that's that the catalog. Because the, the answer is yeah. yes. Like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I just, I, I basically tapped out of it, but I get, I get where you were, man. I just wanted to say, like, I get it because he's making it harder and harder the higher and higher he climbs. Because if he retires with 
with, with that type of resume, whether you get six championships or not. I think Vince Carter just said it the other day. It's, it's stating the obvious, and we've said it before. He's not saying anything original, but he just said it again recently. He was like, yeah, Michael Jordan went six for six in the finals. That's great. When you go to the finals 10 times, you're bound to lose. <laughs> <laughs> what you, you expect the dude to go 10 and 0? <laughs> right. It's like, it's I mean, like, you know, yeah, Magic went 5 and 4, right? You know, it's like, yeah, it's what, nine happen. times? You're not going to win them. Nine times know, in the finals. Exactly. That's pretty impressive, yeah. right? So nine don't tell times. me about LeBron's losses. Tell me about his appearances along with those wins. So, nah, man, I just want to know no, if you felt any though. better. If you, do you feel any better or worse about kind of your little waffle waffling? And I say that respectfully that you were dealing with earlier. No, you don't have to be respectful. No, I... Um, no, I feel the same. I feel the same way. It's a, it's like a it's a transition. It's a switch. It's a switch. It's a shift. It's a shift from um, where I was for you know 25, 30 years. And, mm -hmm. and it's Mike. It, imagine it's uh, you ever have one of those situations where you have a bunch of chords. And, you know, uh, the, the camera people can relate to this. You got a bunch of chords. And you got to just separate. You got to go through all these chords just to get a sense of what's there. Okay, let me move this outside, move this aside. So I had to move away all the chords and all the strands of my Michael Jordan emotions, my Michael Jordan memories. I remember him Nostalgia. in the Olympics. I remember, like the feelings I had. I, 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 I distinctly remember um, sneaking out of church. Don't tell anybody. Um, sneaking out of church. My mom didn't know about it. Ran home. North Carolina was playing probably Wake Forest, somebody on, on, on TV in 1983, 1984. Uh, I think it was Jordan's last year in North Carolina, so junior year. And I just remember him. I remember I rushed home, turned on the TV, and I remember as soon as I turned on the TV, there's Jordan with the ball, 15 feet from the basket. Then all of a sudden, you know, tongues out, he's posterizing somebody, and we didn't even have that term back then, posterizing. It was just like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. I remember his first game in the NBA. I remember when the shoe came out. I remember when I got the shoe. It's like all these moments, beating Dominique, not really, but beating Dominique in the dunk contest, Dominique got robbed. You know, all these moments. Stop. <laughs> oh, he did. He got robbed. He got robbed. Come on, Dominique won that. Um, all these moments of Michael Jordan and so that kind of colors how you view somebody as, a, as an adult. Yeah. Like, I didn't have those childhood moments with LeBron James. I saw LeBron James as an adult. And I saw Michael like Jordan as cooking. a kid. So It's, it's, it's your so, mama's cooking. That's all. Yeah, so you really have to separate all that and say, your well, wait a minute. Was, why, do, yeah. why do I keep saying Jordan is like in this sanctuary? He can't be touched. Yes, he can. Right. And I think LeBron has done it. I think he's done it. Now, Jordan is a more, um, I think Jordan has, plays the game more dynamically. He played the game, like, there's more, art, there's more artistry. I don't even know. I don't there, even know what that's. There's more, aesthetically, Jordan, I think, looks better playing the game. Mm -hmm. But I think LeBron does more things. I think, Maybe. I think LeBron. I, think I, I, I would disagree with both those points. But what I will say. Okay is that Le LeBron, he's actually, and I think I might have said this before, this is why I went to the, the Prince-Stevie Wonder comparison. I think LeBron at this point, like, you know, I, I, I know I said this before. We unintentionally do LeBron a disservice 
by reducing his career to a comparison to somebody else, even though it's the highest compliment to be compared to the greatest yeah. of all time. Because in doing so, we don't appreciate the unique nature of his path, of his journey, of his accomplishments. I, I, don't, I think LeBron has done better than catch Michael Jordan as he's just running a different race at this point. He's running, he, uh, that, that's, yeah. I, I mean, he's, he, he's his own thing. You know what I mean? It's just like, and, and that, that's part of the reason why I went there. It's like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look at, at Prince's body of work. I know you're a Stevie guy, so I'll, I'll, I'll use Prince. I wouldn't I'm, look at I'm Prince's both body of work. I'm both no, I, no, I know. That's the point. But if you had to make a choice, I know you, you're Stevie. But I wouldn't look at Prince's body of work, and I wouldn't listen to his albums. I wouldn't listen to Sign of the Times and be like, well, it's great, but it ain't songs in the key of life. Wouldn't do that. No, it's just different. It's a di right, it's just different, different. different game. I, so it's like, so to look at LeBron and be like, yeah, he's great, but he ain't go six for six. was like, well, come on, man. It's like, you know, like, let's do better. Let's do better about it. Let's do better. Let's, let's do better about these conversations and, and realize it. And just, it's boring. It doesn't make for great debate. It doesn't fuel sports commentary. It, does, it doesn't fuel water but coolers. But it does. Back when we I used to be around does. water coolers. Just to say appreciate his greatness, the, it kind of, it's like, okay, we just appreciate his greatness. Then, then what? You know, it's like it's, it's nice to have something to kind of put it up against. But, I mean, I think you I said think you can, you, but, it's, like, as long as it's fun. As, to me, as long as it's fun. If, you, if you're comparing LeBron in a respectful way, in a celebratory way to Jordan, and in the process lauding what he's done, I just don't like it when it comes down to, you see this, Michael, when it's a, an effort to protect Michael Jordan, you have to therefore talk about what LeBron James isn't or didn't do. That's the only part. Like, it's, it's fine to compare him if it's, like, in a good way. You know, does that make sense? Man, it makes so much sense. Remember they used to say about Charles Oakley, when Oakley was with the Bulls, he was Jordan's protector? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we got a lot of protectors out there for Michael Jordan today. Like, like he's got tons of enforcers. He got protectors. En enforcers. They in the media. Know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a reformed one. I, I might have come off as such then. And by the way, it's still Jordan for me, just for the record. It's still Jordan. Okay. <laughs> but it's still Jordan. But you I mean, said, you know. You said you would disagree with um, the aesthetics of Jordan. Let, let's, let's move past that because that's that's in the eye of the beholder. That's like me telling you my, my favorite artist, uh, you know, visual artist. And I'd say, that's better. And you can say, well, how do you say that's better? That's That doesn't really move me the way it moves you. Okay, so that's sure. just a little too And I just, I just think it's like LeBron's really good in that area too. Yeah. Uh -huh. but, when I, but when I tell you that I think LeBron is a better player when I say, okay, Jordan is probably, probably a better scorer, but LeBron a better pass. LeBron is a better passer. I think you'd agree with that. Um, no, I don't. You, okay. He's got more assists. Then we can. He's got more assists. Okay. I mean, okay, okay. Is, if he's a better, if he has okay. more assists equals he's a better passer, okay, then I can't argue with that. He has more assists, but a better Better court passer? vision. Better court vision. No. A point, a, that is a, at times, I don't think he runs the point. I don't think he has the handle to run the point all the time, but point guard vision. There's no, like, I would look at, as a matter of fact, not even LeBron, I'll tell you who was a better passer than, than Jordan, like one of his contemporaries. I think Magic was. I think Bird was. I think both of those guys were better passers than Jordan. Like, Jordan didn't pass like that. Not like that. What do you mean, like, like behind the back? You mean like no? Not look? behind. You no, I'm not talking better. about a mean? trick. Exactly. I'm not talking about a trick pass 
I'm talking about court vision as in, oh, I didn't see that. How did you see that? You saw that play I think your mind's eye has de developed a blind spot, speaking of court vision. I think we've gotten, we, we, I think Jordan's highlight reel if you're telling me, has been reduced you're telling me that, to, to about, shots over ELO and game six. I think we've forgotten, okay, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but maybe there's somebody hearing this for the first time. You know what? And preachers say the same thing all the time anyway, so why not? You never know who's sure hearing do. you for the first time. LeBron, LeBron James and this Michael Jordan-LeBron James debate, just like I just protected LeBron James by saying, let's not look at, the, at LeBron through the prism of what he's not compared to Michael Jordan. Along the way, you have underestimated and underrated, yes, underrated Michael Jordan's all-around game. And I'm Are you sick trying of to it. tell me Michael I Jordan is equal? Do you think Magic and Michael were equal as passers? As passers? I think they were different. I think they were different. I think one of well, them okay. was a full-time point guard passer. and the greatest I'm, point guard I'm, I'm of a, all time. I'm going to put you on the was, record. Was who's a better brilliant passer? Magic Johnson or Michael Magic Johnson. Magic okay, Johnson. Who's a better passer, Larry Bird or Michael Jordan? It's one what? It's one what for me? It's one what? And they were different. Okay, Michael. Michael. Okay, Michael. Michael. Okay, how about this? Let me go. To, let me go here. Damn you! Why do you keep redu Why do you keep doing this? If okay, Michael Jordan was a better scorer than Larry Bird. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly the reaction I was hoping for. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. Was pause. Yeah, the answer is yes, but it's I'm not by answer. much. It's not hands right. down. Yes. I just I yes. know what the yeah, I know what the answer is. Yes. But you have to stop right. and think about it. Because Larry yes, Bird was dynamic when it came to scoring. Different yes. than Jordan, but dynamic at at putting the ball in the basket. That's right. all I'm saying about Michael Jordan as a passer compared to LeBron James or anybody else. Jordan, let's not forget, was a point guard at one point. Let's not forget average 32, 8, and 8 when? in the damn season once. When was he a point guard? Huh? Early in his career. Point guard. For, a, for a good stretch. Not full time, but for a good stretch. With like, what, like, had like a dozen triple doubles in a row or something, man. Yeah, but he wasn't no point guard, though. <laughs> he could have been. Point being, he could have okay, been. Okay. Just as LeBron could have been the leading scorer in the league every year if he wanted to, just like Wilt Chamberlain once decided I'm going to lead the league in assists, Michael Jordan could have averaged more assists than he did if that's the way he played. So I just don't want us underestimating his all-around game. Was he as big? LeBron got size on Michael Jordan. That's about it as far as I'm concerned. Speaking okay. of all-time greats, I am told. All-time greats. That That's we a great transition. I am told after this break, after this break, we're going to come back. And, you know, I'd love to hear this brother's take on what we just said. All I'd right. love to hear because, like, you know what? We just two talking heads. Goats we know goats. So let's talk to the goat about all these ghosts that we've been talking about this whole time. And I'm going to bring a little something to sip on, too. All right. Me too. I got mine. I mean, as if our guest's presence were not enough of a present, the NFL's all-time leading rusher and three-time Super Bowl champion Emmitt Smith sent us gifts um, what this a... morning. Oh yeah, let me take mine out the box. Look at this. I mean, yeah, tequila. Take out the box, Mike. I mean, oh, you gotta be. Uh, you know, uh, you ready to do some damage or what? 
<laughs> I mean, we we uh, so, already have so, the conversation. If we had this conversation with a little tequila, now it's about to get oh, real I know, right? here. <laughs> damn it, damn it. My brother, my brother from another. Uh, yeah. what, what we sipping on? Tell the people what we sipping on, damn it. What you sipping on is tequila heredora in Yeho Ultra. Uh, it is uh, a top chef tequila. It's a premium tequila. It's, it has quality taste, flavor, and goes down very, very smooth. I like to drink mine with a ball of ice. I will be celebrating and watching the game come Sunday uh, with this tequila, along with some other snacks on, around the table. And uh, I got some friends of mine that like to drink theirs uh, uh, with uh, a margarita, some like to drink it with a Bloody Mary, et cetera, et cetera. It's like Burger King. You can have it the way you want it. So for me, <laughs> this is what I stick to right here. Pretty simple. Keep it clean. Keep it simple and keep it nice and smooth. But most importantly, I drink responsibly. There you go. I appreciate you. So having said all of that, uh, you were privy to our conversation before the break. Which one of yeah. us sounded drunk? Hell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Honestly, Michael, you sounded very much sober. <laughs> you sounded right, on, Michael, right on point. Yeah, you. I, Michael, this oh, Michael, Brother, Smith, Brother Smith, Brother Smith, you sounded okay. right on point. Right, right okay, on, good, right on good. point because, I mean, you're absolutely correct. When it comes down to passing, there's no question whether or not Magic was the guy. Magic was very unique and very special in that position because – there was nobody in the league of his size, of his magnitude, that had his skill set, which is so broad. He can go down and play center. Matter of yep. fact, when Kareem got hurt, he went and did that. But he can yep. also move out and play point guard. He can also go play the two. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a guy that has skill and range, and you just cannot compare those kind of skill sets to another guy like Jordan. Jordan could have been all of those things, but Jordan wasn't required to be all those things. He was required to be Jordan. Everybody else was required to do all those other things. And so when it comes down to Bird, well, we know Bird. There's no question Bird was a pure shooter. He was a he was a guy that was a scrappy guy, go get some loose balls and make sure that the ball stayed in their <laughs> possession. And, and, and he had the skills to pass when needed. I think most basketball players have a level skill set to pass the ball because they know that they cannot do it all by themselves. Well, with Jordan, on the other hand, Jordan, we want you to score. Forget passing. If you saw somebody open, you made it easy for someone else to score points. So, Michael, I give you the credit. Michael Smith, that is. All right. Well, hold on. Don't worry, Michael. It's, it's just because we go. It's just because we go back. It's a Smith thing. No, no, I like go, it. I like it. We go back. <laughs> don't first of all, don't take it personally. <laughs> I know it's not. It's not personal at all. First of all, I'm I'm happy to be in conversation with a pro football Hall of Famer. Uh, yes. A great, an all-time great in Emmett Smith. So I, I'm I'm just uh, I'm honored that that you're here. That's one. Um, two. You said that Michael Jordan could have done. What Magic could have done, I don't think. Mac, I don't think Michael Jordan could have played five positions. I just don't. I don't think he could have played center for a game, as you referenced. Michael uh, Magic Johnson, nineteen eighty, game six to fit, to finish off the 76ers in the NBA Finals. I don't think that could have happened. And before you dispute that, let me just get you on the record. So, is it Jordan or is it LeBron? Let's just somebody else. It's Jordan. It's Jordan. Is Jordan, that's like saying 
Is it Muhammad Ali or is it Tyson? <laughs> it's Muhammad Ali. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Look, um, let's get your thoughts on this game, man. On these, on these, on these ghosts <laughs> up and coming. Actually, no. Well, we just no, gonna drop no. that. We just gonna drop that and keep on moving. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I, no, no, Michael. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, I got go it. Ahead. Actually, actually, help us with this ridiculous conversation that we've had several versions of later. Michael, tell him about your dome team nonsense, please. Go ahead, go ahead, tell about your, go ahead, go ahead, you got it. Tell about your dome team. Now, don't put me in, no, 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 you're not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that right now. <laughs> Why? I'm, Why? I'm Who better to answer the question? No, 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 we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. No, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the dome team. I, I want to get, get warmed up a little bit before we start with, like, you, you I, don't I don't want to be wrong two times take. in a row? I don't want to go hot take, <laughs> hot take with Emmett Smith. Well, I wasn't wrong. I mean, look, it's all subjective. You know, Emmett Smith okay. thinks that. okay. The MJ you know is a what? guy? You said the key word. It is all subjective in yes. one's own yes. mind. That's and that's the problem fine. with yeah. these debates and these conversations. They're all subjective. But when you peel back the onion and you start looking at the numbers, now you start looking at the quality of the player. Yeah. So, okay. That said, all right, Michael, I'll, I'll let you off the hook. Talk about these. This, no, the we'll goat come back to it, in, in, uh, not, not Okay. The goat, the goat among NFL quarterbacks and the baby goat. Billy Goat Gruffin and the Baby Goat. Got Brady and Mahomes, right? I, I just like to reduce it to this. I mean, I just like, it's just, what storyline, who am I rooting for? And as much as I appreciate what Brady has done, I said to Michael earlier, I'm rooting for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because, and you know about this, this word, another dynasty in the making. I'd love to see another dynasty in the NFL. And I'd also love to see us be able to have someday soon a Jordan-LeBron type conversation about Brady and Mahomes. So I... Who you pulling for? Why? Who you got? Just give us your thoughts on this matchup between these two quarterbacks and these teams. All right. Uh, I agree with you in terms of the matchup. Uh, I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback and may be the greatest football player to play in the National Football League. He is the true GOAT. There has never been another player in the history of the game to play in 10 Super Bowls. He will be playing in his 10th come Sunday. He has six Super Bowl rings already. And when you think about a guy like Tom Brady, he comes out of a place where if you are drafted in the sixth round or the seventh round, the probability of you becoming a starter might be slim to kneel. Well, that happened. Not only did it happen, but it happened in a way to where he embraced it, he grew and became better for it and and was a true competitor. Now, he's been classified as a system quarterback because of the Patriots and Bill Belichick. He has, steps outside, he has stepped outside of that arena now, and he's leading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The one thing I know about Tom Brady and what he brings to the table, and the reason why the Buccaneers are here today, is it because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a commitment to one of the greatest football players to have ever played a game at the quarterback position, Period. When they made that decision, you don't think that those other players, those other 52 players around him said, wow, we got to go. We going to be better because we got to go. He is still capable of throwing. Once they saw him throwing the ball on the football field to Mike Evans and everybody else, they're like, oh, we got us something. 
Defensively, we just got to pick it up because we're going to score some points with the talent we got. So that commitment alone set them apart. And when it comes down to Patrick Mahomes, there's no doubt he is the future in the making. No doubt. The question is, is that going to continue up this year? Because it's very hard to repeat. But I think that they can do it. But I think the GOAT has something to say about it. And when I look at the Chiefs, the question becomes, do, will the absence of the two tackles be enough to get them through this game? Or will those two tackles' absence be at the detriment of the quarterback? Because when those, young, when those veteran guys are in the game, Mahomes has not only the time to throw the ball, and that time gives Tyreek Hill, who's the fastest man on the football field, to outrun everybody in the stadium. Will that time be diminished? And he has to get that ball out a little bit quicker. Well, not to say that he can't, but will he get hit? And will he fumble the ball? So I'm looking at those things there as well. But I think, for me, I'm going with Tom Brady as the GOAT because I think he's predestined to do great things. And he's proven to do it because he has six rings and he's playing in this 10th Super Bowl. Which, well, which, Michael, well, Emmy speaking, called him God's gift to man the other day. Yes, God, I, did. Day. <laughs> call, yes call I did. God's gift to man. <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, you know what? Emmett, we, 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 we spend a lot of time analyzing everybody and critiquing everybody, but we never appreciate the talent that has been placed before us. And that's what I mean by God's gift to man, because God blessed him, touched him, anointed him and said, you are going to do something special that no one else has ever done in the game before. And we're so busy trying to break it down, compare it to this, compare it to that. We're not appreciating God's gift to man. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, God, God blessed you. God, God <laughs> blessed you, preacher, uh, with uh, three three Super Bowl rings in a four-year span. So three or four years. And I'm wondering, look, we all talk about the, the psychology of a champion to win one. Right. But what does it take? What, what do you think, as you look back, as you reflect on three and four years, you had back-to-back, -back, uh, obviously, in that, that four-year span. What was it mentally do you think that you guys understand? You understand it. Troy does. Michael, uh, all the, you know, Woodson, all those great players that maybe a single champion doesn't quite get. It's, to do it one time is, is great. It's, it's impressive. To do it three times. And to do it back-to-back, -back, that's hard. What was right. it that, that, that made up for that extra push? Well, I think it was the experience of playing together and trusting one another uh, up to that point. Because if you think back to my Cowboy days, when we started 1-15, we went 7-9 my rookie year. Then in 91, we got into the playoff and got knocked out. And then in 92, we went all the way to the very first Super Bowl and played the Buffalo Bills. In 93, we found ourselves back in the NFC Championship game and winning that game and playing against the Bills again. The thing that we knew, we knew we had the talent. We knew we had the skill set. We knew we had the players to make it and make it work and make it happen. So we rolled in with another level of confidences, which, which the Kansas City Chiefs are doing right now. The question is, we had all of our all of our guys, everybody. Even though Troy went into the second Super Bowl after having a concussion about seven to ten days prior to that, we had all of our guys. 
Mahomes does not have all of his guys. He does not have his right tackle or his left tackle. Maybe his left tackle, which is a very critical position. So, and and in a game like this, when you got Pierre Paul and and uh, Dominican Sue and everything else, a lot of things can go wrong. So, whether or not they, they're backups for a reason, they're not backups because they're supposed to be starters. They back up for a reason. They back up just in case something like this happens. So you got a backup plan in the biggest game of his life. The question becomes, is the magnitude of the game is too big? Is it too big for them? Or can they handle the pressure? Because there's going to be a lot of pressure out there on Sunday. Hey, man, um, I want to take you to Texas, but not to your Cowboys. I want to actually get your thoughts about uh, this Deshaun Watson situation. Because I think about, you know, you went toe-to-toe and held out for what you deserved. Right. Uh, you went toe-to-toe with Jerry Jones. Uh, Deshaun is taking on the organization under contract with a no-trade clause. It's like, I want out of here. Just this week, uh, I heard another goat, one of the goats, Brett Favre. Uh, it's kind of, sort of critical of Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, wonder which, I wonder how you feel having, again, had a similar situation. Not, not exactly the same. But right. similar situation in terms of a face-off with the organization. How do you feel about uh, uh, his approach and, and how the Texans as a team should, uh, should play this moving forward? Well, first and foremost, this whole thing with Deshaun Watson as well as with Dad Prescott is very similar to me. It's about commitment. Um, yeah. Organizations always want players to be committed to them. The question is, are you going to be committed to the player? Uh, in Deshaun Watson's case, the word commitment means, are you going to bring somebody in here that's going to help me grow as a football player? Or are you going to hire the guy that was in the mailroom or the guy that was doing this to come in and build, put players around us that may not have the skill set? Whatever decision you made, it sent a message that was not the right message to, not only to your franchise player, but also to the rest of the team. Also, when you when you peel back the onion and I look at things, I look at the way that they allow um, DeAndre Hopkins to get out of there. They traded him out. One of the most dynamic players that they had beside Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. The things that were keeping the organization and keeping the team and keeping people coming in the stands were those three, three players alone. And now you you you're breaking this thing up, and and I think that's why JJ said what he said when he walked off the football field in the last game, because these players are trying to play for something. They don't own a billion dollar franchise. They they're trying to play for championships, and if you're not committed to winning at that level, then what are you doing? Why am I here? I'm not here just to put butts in seats and get it paid a big paycheck. I want to win games. Paycheck is great, but there's nothing better than winning games and getting paid because I earned the right to get paid and I'm winning games too. So we oftentimes are criticized for the dollars that we make, but how about the decisions that the owners are making? Word, word. Yeah, you know what? Let me add another thing to that. Yeah. When you could have went and hired Eric B. Enemy, who is running the offense for Patrick Mahomes, 
who happened to be the most dynamic quarterback in the National Football League today. Today. And Deshaun Watson is not far behind. When you bring an offensive scheme in to help him grow as a player, to become that dynamic of a football player on the football field, and you don't take the chance, I don't care how bad the interview may have gone, but you hiring him to do a job, and that job is to produce quality football players on the offensive side of the field and produce points so your team can be in a position to win more games with the quarterback that you actually have. You don't have to do a whole lot. You just got to bring some of the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Uh, just uh, last thing. I know it's not an insignificant topic, but I'm just going to ask you and see what, what your take is on it. We've talked a lot about uh, black head coaches in the NFL and black general managers, for that matter. Uh, not a lot of them out there. One black head coach hired in this offseason. That was in Houston, uh, David Culley. Just, I know you played in the league for a long time, and uh, you didn't see a lot of black head coaches when you were in the league. Uh, just very simply, what do you think is going on? Why not? Well, you know, it's amazing to me that there's a pathway for others, but not a pathway for us. Uh, there's a training ground for others, but not a training ground for us. And, I mean, in order to have black coaches in a position to be successful, we just got to go to the position of ownership. And we got to hire people and put them in a position to where they're making good decisions for the organization, not necessarily for the coaching, not necessarily for just, just, just to be making good decisions, but making good decisions because it's the right decisions to make. And I talk about the word commitment. I mean, at the end of the day, the word commitment, it goes a long way. It goes a long way. What are you committed to? If you're not committed to doing what is right to build an organization and a team around a player that you drafted number one, then what are you committed to doing? Is that just a, the illusion of bringing people into the, into the stands so you can continue to get your gate numbers up and sell revenue and everything else? Is that what you're committed to doing? If that's the case, then say that. If it's your, committed, your commitment to go out and build a championship quality team, show that. Show that in your actions, not just necessarily in your speech. And that's what I'm looking for. And, and I think the National Football League really truly need to uh, take a seat back and look at this Rooney rule and see how it really is working and whether or not there's a pathway for general managers, and head coaches. Hey, man, we appreciate you falling through and giving us a word and a gift in the process. Uh, this tequila, uh, Hedadura Ultra. Did I say that right? Hedadura hey, Ultra? You said it right. Yeah. You said it right. The, hey, listen, this is this is nice, man. This is nice. This is here's, nice. here's my word of advice. You. Don't drink it all in one setting. <laughs> oh, well, you got to worry about that. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a lightweight. You got to worry about that. And this is what I'll say to you, uh, Emmett. We don't have a show tomorrow. We don't have a show on Sunday. So, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey, well, have fun, my friend, and drink responsibly. <laughs> yes, sir. Come back and kick it with us sometime, all right? We appreciate anytime, you. Anytime, anytime. Y'all be good. Good to see you, man. All thank right, thank you. you. Take care.
Jay is one of the most dynamic prospects in the upcoming 2021 NFL Draft. Former Alabama wide receiver Jalen Waddle joins us. What's up, man? How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. you coming through. We love to no put problem. or I, I, I love to put our guests on the spot. Okay. You one of us now. You a brother from another now. Okay. My people are your people. Okay, then. All right. You still got me? I know my, my camera yeah, is got crazy. You. you got me? Okay. Um just go ahead. Yesterday, we'll hear you anyway. Go ahead. Yesterday, Michael and I, oh, you lost me. Michael, take it away. Yeah. So yesterday, yesterday we had a conversation. I think this is where Michael is going. We had a conversation about great coaching, and I was and I, my my point to him was, you can't really compare coaching in college to coaching in the pros. They're both difficult. They both have their challenges. Uh, in college football, you're going to turn that thing over three to four every three to four years. In pro football, once you get to the top, the league says go to the back of the line. You're not going to get the best prospects, theoretically. Uh, and so we went back and forth over that, and uh, Michael was saying that Nick Saban should be compared to great coaches, whether he's in uh, college or the pros. What say you? I know this is your coach, so I'm hitting you right in your neighborhood. Uh, what, what do you say in, in that argument? How do you come down on it? Uh, I definitely uh, have to agree with uh, Coach Saban deserves to be in every coach, uh, every greatest coach argument, just what he brings and and all the things, all his awards that he won over the year, all the championships. So um, I, I think that the coaching should go from NFL to, to college to uh, anywhere, uh, anywhere, really. And what, what makes him, you know, Jalen, we talked about uh, Coach Saban. You know, we saw, you probably saw it too. Uh, I was going around on, uh, on social media. It was on YouTube. Where he had his he had his pitch, man. He was back. He was leaning back. He had a casual position. His hand is behind his head. He's like, look. Some people will tell you don't come to Alabama because you can't play. They're insulting you. The <laughs> best come here, and they 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 say I was better. The guy I played in practice was better than the guy I faced in the game, and he's just breaking it down. National championships. What is that? What makes him great? Like, if you can think back to how he recruited you, what was his pitch to you, if you remember? Uh, he was just saying that it's going to make you a better player uh, just going into the to program. Um, he said that he believes in the program, believes not only does it make you a better player, but it makes you a better person, a better student, and a better man in the future. Uh, so I honestly think the program helped me out in all of them aspects. So um, I, I honestly believe him, and I, I think um, – other high school athletes should believe them and really uh, try to try to uh, join the program. Yeah, that's how you get the highest rated recruiting class of all time. But even, man, just go back to last year. You want to talk about iron sharpening iron, Jalen. Tell me what, uh, what kind of receiver room or meeting, what was it like, bro, you, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, like, just kind of give us some insight into what it was like you guys pushing each other and competing with one another and supporting one another, uh, you know, as a, as a receiver group, man. That's four first round, not, not just four NFL receivers, four first round receivers. How, like, how does that, how did that go for you guys? I think we really well. I think we all complimented each other game a lot. We all took 
uh, things from each other's game and tried to put them in our game. Um, we was all just competitive towards one another, you know, um, just making sure that everyone know that you're you you just as good as the player that you're playing against, uh, uh, playing with. So um, I think we really complimented each other. We was uh, tight. We always have a, a tight bond. We still have a tight bond. So I honestly think um, just playing with uh, those guys just making you a better player. Well, let me ask you this, man. Like, oh, go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. No, I was going to tell. I was going to tell Jalen. You know, I feel like because every time people come on the show, man, like we're not a traditional show, Jalen. I don't know if you can figure this out, man. We just do things a little bit differently. We talk about things that other people don't necessarily talk about. And uh, we've known each other for a long time. Michael Smith and I have been uh, friends for over 20 years. So we have no secrets. And I feel like, Jalen, I shouldn't have any secrets with you either. I'm going to tell you where I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a city called Akron. It's in Ohio. Uh, mm-hmm. I was an Ohio State fan growing up. I've been an Ohio State fan my entire life. And look, <laughs> you were watching that game. That was a beatdown. So listen, give me some advice. Just between us, what advice can you give to Ohio State for some improvements? <laughs> okay, just, uh, no, let's man, just that, be real. That, that, that's a that's a great program, and they had a great team this year. Um, honestly, um, the game could have went any way. Um, we just had a, a really good day. Um, we just thankful for the win, and, and, and really, because we know how it feels to be on the other side uh, of not winning a national championship. So uh, the game could have gone anywhere. That's a great program. They great players and great coaching. Look at nobody that humility, Mike Smith. You. Look at that humility. Nobody would have blamed you, Jalen. <laughs> Not just humility, but commitment. Because when you went down against Tennessee, um, everybody thought your season was over. Nobody would have blamed you for missing the national championship game. And even when you played in it, we saw you limping in it. Even when you played in that game, there were people, you know, uh, tweeting. Like, yo, he shouldn't be out there. It's not worth it. A lot of people had opinions about it. But you felt like it was the best thing. And, and you went through the protocol and the procedure and everybody thought it was you couldn't do any further damage to your leg. I just want to know, why was it so important to you? Knowing what's on the other side of your college career, knowing your pro prospects, why was it so important to you to be out there and give, give the Tide everything you had in the National Championship game? Um, for one, I, I love to compete. Um, I'm very competitive. So um, the injury, I just looked at it as an obstacle. And from the day I got injured, I told the doctor that I wanted to be back for the national championship. He said it was unlikely, but it's a, it's a possible. So it's just me achieving a, a goal of mine uh, and going out there and trying to help my team and trying to become victorious. And I'm thankful that I could I could have done that. I did that. Michael, if I'm a GM, that just makes me want to draft Jalen Waddle that much more, right? I mean, exactly. it's like you know, it's like right. people talk about wide receiver, diva wide receivers, or something like this dude. Played hurt, risked it all for risked it all for his team. That stock just went up. And in I would my mind say, with that. exactly. And I would say, speaking of GMs, Jalen, you know, as you prepare for the NFL, you know, what what is part of your preparation? What are you thinking about right now? What are you doing uh, to get yourself ready for the the NFL draft in the spring? Uh, I'm just doing. I'm just keeping my head down. Um, just working on the craft, working on all the things that they want to see and all the things that they're worried that I can't do anymore or uh, any, just trying to take any question out of their mind not to uh, not to choose me or, or pick me come uh, draft night. 
Well, uh, well, we'll let you get out of here, man. But uh, like, we know the next time we uh, we see you on the big stage, it's gonna be. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be virtual or what. Probably be virtual, but we'll see you at a draft gathering with your loved ones, celebrating your name, getting called early, adding to the long list of Alabama wide receivers. So I'm gonna put you on the spot one more time before we let you go. Wide receiver, you. Yeah, I mean, to me, the conversation is Alabama, it's LSU, and it's Clemson. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. Why are Alabama wide receivers superior to other university wide receivers like LSU and Clemson? Go ahead and state your case. Oh, man, we just, I think we're just different, and we're just different. <laughs> um, the things that we bring to the game, uh, the playmaking ability, you can put us on special teams, we can do special teams, you can put us on kickoff, we can do kickoff, we do kickoff cover. Um, a lot of our receivers just do it all. We uh, we we are playmakers. We call ourselves the rideouts, and uh, that's uh, stand for uh, making plays. The what is it? The rideouts? The rideouts. The rideouts. Yes, sir. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, man, listen. We appreciate you. Nothing but respect for you. Congratulations on a, a great college career. I know uh, you know you had some adversity this year, but it all, all it did was reveal some character. So we look forward to seeing where you end up next, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. No, thank right, you. Time, no, it's all, a great, great to have you on, Jalen. Look forward to seeing you in the pros. Definitely. All right, man. Mike. Thank, thanks for rolling with that. Without further ado. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me the intro. Give me the intro. Go ahead. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Take it away. I thought you were going to give me an intro, Mike. I thought you were about to nah, give me man, the James all, Brown. This is all you, man. The floor is yours. Uh, Hardest working man in show uh, show business, Mr. Please Please himself, ladies and gentlemen, James Brown. James Brown, listen, you know what time it is, everybody. Uh, it is that time. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of the road. This is my last bet and your last bit of money. Ooh, you got to make an intelligent decision here. We have made it to the Super Bowl. It is Kansas City. It is New England. Uh, ah, oops, it's Kansas City and Tampa Bay. <laughs> That's the first time I did that. Look, all right, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. And I think it's interesting because you think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the last time, uh, the first time he got himself into a Super Bowl situation was way back in 2002, February 2002. And the last back-to-back -back champion, Tom Brady. Look at him right there with Bill Belichick. Last back-to-back -back champs, 03-04. And their 04 championship, you know who they beat in that game? They beat Philadelphia. The game was in Jacksonville. Jacksonville actually had a Super Bowl. That's right, they hosted the Super Bowl. And the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, you see him right there, is Andy Reid. Now, back then, Andy Reid's quarterback threw up on himself. It was Donovan McNabb. He threw up on himself in the huddle. Now, Andy Reid has a quarterback who puts stars in his eyes and rings on his fingers, or rings in his eyes. You see this this week? Andy Reid with the ring lights, isn't that beautiful? And there are rings in his eyes for a reason. I think I'm giving you a hint of where I'm going. I'm gonna make this simple, listen. I've got a long history with Tom Brady. I've watched Tom Brady's games. I've seen every, every single one of his games. Uh, I have interviewed Tom Brady. I have written about Tom Brady. I've argued for Tom Brady. I'm the Sony to his Michelle. I'm the Boonchin to his Giselle. Oh, that's a rhyme right there. 
I even thought that, you know what? I'm going to write an amicus brief. I'm going to file an amicus brief on behalf of Tom Brady with these deflated football. But I got to tell you, family, I don't think he has it. I don't think the Buccaneers have it. I'm giving you my pick. It's a solemn pick. On my bets, your money. Andy Reid last year getting onto the team bus, holding the Lombardi Trophy, and everybody celebrating. They all go crazy. That was last year. You know what's going to happen this year in Tampa? This year in Tampa, I think we're going to see a repeat of that. Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back Super Bowl champions, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the other Ted Cruz, the cool Ted Cruz, my kinfolk Ted Cruz, look them up. They are your Super Bowl champions for the second year in a row. My bets, your money, we out. COVID shot, and this is one shot I won't block. <laughs> Gratitude to a great mop-up for a courageous effort. No Celtics were harmed during my shot. Let's do this together. To learn more about vaccines, visit cdc.gov. Michael Holly, Vinny Goodwill, you know what I love most about that? Uh, Even in the PSA, Bill Russell talks trash. Bill Russell never misses an opportunity to remind you of his greatness. This is one shot I won't block. Because remember, we don't have all of Bill Russell's stats readily available. But the one stat we do have, guys, is 11 championships. And, Benny, we were talking about this earlier. First, we were having a Wilt Chamberlain appreciation moment. Let's have a Bill Russell appreciation moment. Because there has been a lot of people talking about it. Brady wins this. Is he passed Jordan as the greatest winner or the greatest athlete in team sports history? I'm sorry. Did Bill Russell not play team sports? What, I mean, I know he may have made it seem like an individual sport, but when, did, Bill, did we forget about Bill Russell? So I just wanted to take a minute to reintroduce, reintroduce the GOAT when it comes to collecting more rings than fingers. Just wanted to reintroduce the GOAT to the conversation. Thank you very much, Vinny Goodwill. Yeah, we, we tend to forget about guys who played before like 1980 for some reason or another, but winning 11 championships in 13 seasons, the last couple as a player coach in Boston of all places, no disrespect to, you know, the Boston crowd, but he was doing that one. Boston didn't even like him. Can you imagine playing with Boston across your chest and Boston don't even like you and doing some of the <laughs> crazy things that Boston did to Bill Russell? I would have demanded a trade like Deshaun Watson. I got the hell up out of there just on my own. Oh, okay, so we're going to be about it. Let's be about it. See, y'all, y'all, like, see, I don't know. I don't know if I like what you just did there, Mike Smith. You're like, I gave love to Bill Russell. T- yeah, but not really. Because really. we're going to be about it. If you're going to say, hey, look, did Bill Russell, did Bill Russell not win 11 and 13? If he won 11 and 13, which he did, then let's expand the conversation. Let's not keep the conversation to Jordan and LeBron, let, let, don't give Bill Russell love 
on his 11 championships. And then when we say, well, doesn't that make him one of the best players of all time? Well, well, that, that's different. He won, but that, that's not that's not what I did. Okay, that's not what I did. Is you you're talking about Jordan? You have I have not heard you say Jordan, LeBron, Russell. I haven't heard you say Jordan, LeBron, Russell, Kareem. I've heard you say Jordan. Not LeBron. today. Not today. If we're talking about Jordan versus LeBron, then no, I didn't introduce Russell or Kareem. But if we're talking about Mount Rushmore's, you cannot have a credible about, Mount Rushmore. I'm not talking about Mount Rushmore. You, I'm talking about the best. Okay, if you want to call, if anybody want to call, if you want to call Bill Russell the best player of all time, on the strength of his 11 championships, on the strength of his defensive prowess, on the strength of his mental game, which surpasses anybody, on the strength of the fact that he dominated his competition and, and, and his unselfish is how he. Five MVPs, whatever metric Five. you want to use, guys. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you again if you want to say okay. Bill Russell's the greatest. I'm not going to argue with you okay. if you want to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest. I'm not going to argue with you. Vinny, would you? Not at all. I just think that Michael Holly just did that as a way to sort of divert the conversation to bring up Tom Brady. If, if Tom Brady were to win the seventh title, the seventh title meant the same much as the fourth or the fifth. I get, I get what you're doing, Holly, and I'm not riding with you because that dude threw three straight interceptions on three straight possessions, and we're gonna try to make it seem like he was captain comeback last week. If you don't get out of here with that nonsense, no, 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 not you will not get out. You will I'm not, not use to... William Felton Russell as a tool for your nonsense. We are not doing that. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not trying to do that. By the way, uh, I picked Tom Brady to lose this game. Tom Brady going to lose, I think, on Sunday uh, against the uh, against the Smart, Kansas City man. Chiefs. Yo, they let's talk about the. Uh, They're gonna get blown out too. Uh, watch. Before they gonna get blown I, out. I'm, I'm nervous out. about that. Honestly, I'm a little nervous about that, Benny. Straight up. I've been, I've been nervous about it all week. I feel like something in me says it might not be a close game. But before we get to all that, let's talk about your column in the All-Star game in the NBA. LeBron having some feelings about it. De'Aaron Fox having some feelings. Uh, what happened? That's what I was asking Mike Smith. I know you know. I don't. I know LeBron and Chris Paul are boys. Chris Paul, president of the NBA PA, they negotiated this, so what got lost in the sauce? Now... I'm not here to claim that LeBron was grandstanding or anything like that last night, but if you have a Thursday night TNT game on the same day that, you know, we start getting all these leaks about the NBA having an all-star game, which means you're going to have the stage, the post-game stage, to say everything that you're feeling or not feeling. Like, here's the thing, y'all. I find it hard to, if I, impossible to believe that the PA would go along this far, would go this far, go to the altar with the league without some type of implicit blessing from LeBron James. Now, LeBron brings up a bunch of great points about, hey, look, we had 72 days basically between the end of the season, between the end of my season and the start of this. We were told there wasn't going to be an all-star game. Add to the fact that there shouldn't be an all-star game. Somewhere communication got lost in translation. And I think good on LeBron for bringing it out. But I would not be surprised that people were playing both sides against the fence here because Adam Silver is too shrewd of a businessman, too smart, too diplomatic here to push all his chips to the center of the table and to get this much pushback from the game's best player, from the biggest voice on the biggest stage right before you dot the I's and cross the T's. Do you think there's any chance given that this isn't just it's one thing for De'Aaron Fox to call it stupid it's another yep. thing for LeBron James to say it's a slap in the face 
the the I's are being dotted and T's crossed, but the ink isn't dry on this agreement between the league and the players association. Is there any chance they reconsider it given the pushback they're getting? It, it's funny. The players are now in this tough position because if they say, no, you know, we don't want this, then you don't get the money to go to HBCUs. And I'm sure that money is pretty sizable enough that it makes a difference to those HBCU presidents and those chancellors who will need, who have been very, you know, we all know underfunded, but underutilized. But as you pointed out, for years. as you pointed out in your column on Yahoo, they can give them that anyway. You wrote that today they can, on Yahoo. That they, yeah. they can, but they won't. Like here's here's I mean like we're just being honest like it's not a charity yeah. like we we look at the NBA as like some moral compass and we look at the NFL as this evil empire so when the NFL does something you know with mm -hmm. the bottom line of money we just say that's the cost of doing business when the NBA right. does it we tend to oh my God we we forget that they are a right. business and like yesterday. Roger Goodell, who I believe has had the best of intentions about hiring black coaches and bringing more African-American coaches in that league, he had to stand there and take the bullets for those owners from the media, who from the owners who basically say, you know what, diversity doesn't matter, black coaches don't matter by the way that they've hired. Adam Silver is going to have to get out in front of the media, of the public, and answer these questions, regardless of whether an all-star game is played, let alone the fact that it's in COVID Central Atlanta. Like, you're going to insult my intelligence by putting it down there. And the NBA will tell you all these different things, Smith. They will say that, look, it will be safe. The players won't be exposed and everything else. And you need to tell me when COVID gives a damn about your safety protocols. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I agree with that. Now, Mike, I think we have a little disagreement there because Mike said it's going to be safe there uh, in, in Atlanta with the, you know, it's just one night and it's just everybody in that, that bubble situation. Here's I'm what not, I said, Here's what so I said sure. Vinny. Here's what I said, Vinny. I, I admittedly, I'm on the fence on this. I appreciate your conviction on it. I read your column early and I appreciated what you wrote. And, and Chris Mannix wrote something similar a lot. A lot. It's like, it, it, it feels, it doesn't make sense to have an exhibition in a pandemic, it does make dollars. And everybody knows that. So I, I, I'm saying, honestly, I see both sides. I see why the players will be frustrated. I see why it's a bad look. And, you, and I said the exact same thing you just said in different words, that the league is always seen as a leader versus somebody doing the chasing, in this case, chasing dollars. You know, like they had that grand experiment with the bubble. They've been the most progressive league in terms of social justice. It's like, now here they are putting on an obvious money grab. It's not a, a good look but they're losing a lot of money. And if they have an opportunity to get money, because people go watch this game, let's not get it twisted. They have an opportunity to get money safely, in and out just like a robbery. One, you know, for one night in Atlanta without the parties and everything, I see why they want to do it, but I also clearly see where you're coming from, where LeBron and everybody else is coming from. It's like, really, is it that serious in the midst of a pandemic when we, we don't even have a schedule for the second half of the season and we already canceled two dozen games as it is. That's all I was saying. I, I get both sides of it, you know? No, I com and Mike, I completely agree with you because the players are getting the full freight of their money. Like, there's no mm -hmm. fans in seats. There's no concessions, no parking. The owners are largely paying the freight for this. Now, granted, you got the BRI where the players get 50, the owners get 50. So I'm not crying for billionaires, nor will I ever. But I do also understand that the players aren't necessarily feeling the financial pain or the financial strain of this. And that is going to take the league a couple of years to get back, while in addition knowing that the league employs a bunch of people who are not multi-millionaire NBA players and that basically I hate to use this phrase it's a trickle-down effect 
If everybody at the mm-hmm. top is getting fed, everybody else that who needs the league to survive is also getting fed too. Now, let me let me throw something just kind of kind of strange at you um, with the Golden State Warriors. I, I told you over the summer. I've just been fascinated uh, with the Warriors, and they're not a they're not a great team. They won last night in a in a big blowout, but they're only a couple of games over five hundred. They remind me of a team, uh, that, that Warriors team that hadn't won a thing. Remember, they lost in the first round to the Clippers. They just had like a little, little spirit to them. And that was, Steph was on the come up and Clay was on the come up, Draymond. And then they went on their run, obviously. I feel like something, something is going on with the Warriors that, that can't be dismissed. I, I like what they're doing. I think they'll probably wind up winning, wind up winning 43, 44 games. I like what they're doing this year. You feel me or, or, or am I way off on this? No, I don't think you're way off. I think your calculus is a little off. But I will say this. If you're a three seed in the Western Conference, let's say the Warriors are six, do you really want to see Stephen Curry, and not necessarily a short series, but any playoff series is relatively short too, you know, a 72-game, you know, sample size. Do you want to see Stephen Curry where he can get hot and steal you a game on the road? and still another game at home. Like, I don't know if I want to see that team at any point as long as they are relatively healthy with they are, with the way they are not. They're not a championship threat. They're not a team that's going to win anything. But to me, if this is a foundation year where you get James Wiseman, you get Clay back healthy and, and recovered and everything else, then you add a possible lottery pick from Minnesota, which people have forgotten, they have a top five, mm-hmm. I think the top five or top three protected top, top lottery three pick. Top three protected, yeah. Yep. Top, top three protected Minnesota Timberwolves lottery pick that they could either select another young player or flip into something else. And then next year, you may be back ready to rock and scaring the bejesus out of everybody in the NBA. Yo, a um, couple of quick things want to hit with you before we let you go. One, just for the record, we started here, let's finish here. So you got a Chiefs blowout in the Super Bowl. Just want to get you on record. I got the Chiefs winning a close one. Michael got the Chiefs winning a close one. You got Chiefs blowout, sounds like. Look, the way I see it, if anybody other than Matt LaFleur was coaching the Green Bay Packers a couple weeks ago, it would have been Green Bay in a blowout. And that's (laughs) barely with one great receiver, let alone a great tight end, two great wideouts, all these running back options, and a slightly better quarterback from Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, I think had a few things broken right for Green Bay. They would have won by two touchdowns. They should have won by two touchdowns, and maybe that's my Aaron Rodgers bias seeping in. But I just think from a talent standpoint, the biggest difference to me is that quarterback here. Like, I believe in Tampa Bay's defense more than I believe in Tampa Bay's offense. And I see (laughs) old man Brady, whenever anybody gets in his face, he throws up an air balloon. Y'all... I I know I wasn't the only person that saw a man literally (laughs) brushed by him and he closed his eyes and threw the ball up in the air to a cornerback who couldn't catch. I know I wasn't the only person that saw that. Okay, Dave Chappelle, since you're throwing a haters ball. And Kevin King ain't playing this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Hate, 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 hate. I love it. I love your versatility. We can go to Vinny for anything. Take uh, hot takes and hate. Hate and hot takes the Vinny Goodwill story. Hey, man, speaking of blow it out, we had Emmett Smith on the show earlier. I don't know if you were tweeting this in response to Emmett being on the show, but don't think we ain't peep it. Uh, what is this? What did you not like about Emmett Smith when he played? He was, he was and, what, and now you like Emmett Smith in retirement. You just, oh, you hated the Cowboys? That's all it was? 
No, you got to think I was a Barry Sanders fan. And the argument back in the 90s was, who's the better running back, Barry Sanders or Emmitt Smith? And I'm looking around, and I'm like, do y'all see the line that Barry Sanders plays with compared to the line that Emmitt Smith plays with? I feel like Emmitt Smith was getting a lot of Tom Brady type of credit for a system that he wasn't necessarily so great at. So I you like hated him? Good. I didn't really like him. So you him hated like Emmitt? He was a like Barry hate. Sanders. Hey, hey, you got to hey, ride for hey, your guy. Hey, hate is a strong word, hate word but as a kid... You As wrote a kid, the word. Really hate's a strong word. Him. You wrote it. You a writer. Words matter. You said hate in your tweet. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. Yeah, you're right. You know what happened? On Monday Night Football on September 19, 1994, Barry Sanders went into uh, Dallas Stadium and towed that joint up in them uh, Lions throwback jerseys, did it in Emmett's house to the two-time Super Bowl champions, and that was our Super Bowl. So, yeah, and Emmett Smith, Emmett, you got to think about it, Smith. Emmett Smith won or, or took over the Russian record that we believe was going to be Barry Sanders. <laughs> like Barry Sanders was so far ahead when he retired mm -hmm. and Emmett Smith came mm -hmm. through the back door. Now, I look at Emmett Smith in a totally different light. He's like a likable dude. Like I, whenever I see him on TV, the he's gray beard, cool. it's fun. Yeah. He's he giving, he giving out tequila. And it's Aaron has drinks in your tweet. I'm kind of mad about drinks. that because I'm drinking tequila this weekend too. In fairness, you did say you didn't like him. You didn't say hate. That All right. that said, Vinny, don't think we ain't peeped that Lions love and that Detroit love come out just now. When just the other day, like, I don't root for the Lions. Boy, all that 313 came out Back just now. Then. You can't break up. Back then. You can't break up. Back <laughs> then. Don't you get it? Back then. All right, then. Mike Jones. I got you, Mike Jones. Can't leave. I got you. You can't leave. I'm Detroit. done. I quit. I quit. July 27th. All right, I quit. man. See we appreciate you. <laughs> Trevor Bauer, the reigning NL Cy Young winner, got paid three years, $102 million, chose the Dodgers over the Mets. He got paid. Rich get richer. What you think, Mike? Yes, Trevor Bauer, Dodgers. Uh, dyna dynamic pitcher. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, merges in that locker room. He's got some uh, pretty strong opinions, so we'll see how that plays in L.A., Mike. They, they put them down for a repeat. Let's pencil them for a repeat.